Well, that was a good interview. That was a great interview. That's a oh, good way to start the start, whole process. So. We're starting this. So we or should we start? Should, all right. Well, ignore all that. Ignore all, all that. You can stop if you want to. We no, start. we'll just go. You're going to edit. You're going to have fun. I can edit. So, well, good morning. Good morning. It is a Saturday morning, bright and early and cold wow. in yeah. March. Yeah, it's, it's like, March. Our last freeze. I think we're on the last freeze. I hope so. Well, I think, I mean, you know, it's like this is almost the first day of summer is right around the corner this week. And uh, I mean, you know, it's, yeah. t- it's time to move on. Yeah. So uh, change the clocks last week. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. So so I'm Jay. Oh, I'm Brian. And this is the BNA Podcast. Welcome. Well, this is an important, you know, and, and uh, inaugural, exciting episode. You know, we've talked about it for the last couple of episodes, but we're embarking on a journey to have conversations with each of our candidates for mayor. We are, and uh, today we were, uh, just a few minutes ago, we interviewed a councilwoman, Sharon Hurt, and uh, who is one of our at-large council people, and uh, it's a great conversation. We're looking forward to you all hearing it, and I uh, yeah, hope, we'll, hope you and, enjoy uh, it. She, she was really inspiring. We'll drop it in here in a minute. I think that um, we, you know, we can't take a position on any of these things, but what's, what has been encouraging when talking to and before this interview and, and as it goes forward, um, these are all people that have the best interest of the city at heart, and it's really it's fun to see people get passionate and animated and excited about what Nashville can be. So hopefully we'll see that from all the candidates. And, uh, you know, here's a conversation with Councilwoman Sharon Hurt. So uh, so we're here with, uh, uh, should I say council person, council lady? How do you want to be identified? Well, I prefer councilwoman, but we yeah. I think we passed that council member is the way that okay. they okay, so. speak. But I like councilwoman at large. Okay, councilwoman at large, yes. Sharon Hurt. Yes. And uh, Sharon has been a part of our city for a long time and uh, has been a great council person in terms of serving the city. And we're glad to have you here. And I, I understand you're wanting to run for an, a new office. Thank you so much for having me here. And you are absolutely right. I am running for a new office and uh and you and about 40 other people running to be mayor in nashville <laughs> it, seems so. that, it seems like it, the list is getting longer it, every day it is and uh and you are by the way our first uh, mayoral candidate interview that we've done we've got wow. some other folks scheduled but uh we're glad to bring you in first well it seems like i'm in line for the first of <laughs> Yeah. Many things. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Uh-huh. So um, just real quickly, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you ended up in Nashville, and how you got, came to this point of wanting to be mayor. So um, I came as a two-week, 18-year-old, uh, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed <laughs> to attend Tennessee State University. Mm-hmm. And when I got here, I absolutely loved it. Thought it was a wonderful place. It was clean. I'm originally from Memphis. Okay. And uh, it, it was a clean, progressive, uh, beautiful. I mean, I thought that 
It was just amazing. And I saw so much opportunity and hope. And, you know, I saw people who looked like me, black folk who were doing so well, because, of course, you know, Tennessee State is right there in the neighborhood of Meharry Medical College. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing all of these doctors and these doctor students and dentists and Ph.D. students and then Fisk University across the street, it was just, oh, my God, this is wonderful. Mm. And I loved it. Progressive. I uh, stayed here and did well. And I decided that I was going to go back, you know, as I would go back for the summers. Mm -hmm. And um, I can tell you that I was there uh, in Memphis in 1977 for a historic summer. We can talk about sure. that a little later. Absolutely. But anyway, I came back here uh, and I graduated. Could not get a job in Memphis and decided to come back here. Started working at Meharry Medical College and um, had a wonderful career there. Uh, as a matter of fact, Meharry uh, paid me enough money for me to get my first apartment that I loved okay. on Old Hickory Boulevard. Okay, absolutely. Uh, Heritage House. Absolutely. Do you remember? I do remember that. And I actually saw that place mm-hmm. as I was going to do my student teaching at Madison High School. Sure. And I said, oh, my God, one day I want to live in that place. So I did. Yeah. And after that, I just had a 20-year a, a career at Meharry Medical College and um, doing public service work mm-hmm. then because, you know, Meharry serves the underserved. Came out working for the Jefferson Street United Merchants Partnership, also known as JUMP. And there I uh, was really boots on the ground, mm-hmm. working with everyday people, Uh, doing some amazing things. The businesses on Jefferson Street, advocate for economic and community development. And um, that was a natural foray for me to move from that public service work, having been there for some 15 years, knowing that in order for me to get the things that I wanted done as a public servant, that I needed to have some meat to it in the legal policy arena. So I moved into, decided that um, I would also, let me digress a minute, because after working in Meharry, while it gave me my first apartment in Madison, a few years later, it gave me my first home in Bordeaux, Mm -hmm. and then a second home in Belleville. So giving me all of these different um, quadrants that I lived in, uh, in the city. So I be, ran for a council at large gotcha. because I was involved in things in, Bell, in Bellevue and saw how a lot of the political process worked. Right. So I knew I had to go ahead and go and do something to put the meat to the public service work that I was doing. After getting there, I realized that all of the things that I wanted to do and had worked so hard to get done that I could do so much more in the mayor's office. Sure. So that's how I ended up here. And being that you are a pastor, you understand there being a spiritual journey sure. that is placed upon your life. And that's exactly what this is, is a divine uh, order that I am being obedient to. Good deal. Good deal. Now, you announced your candidacy before Mayor Cooper announced he wasn't running. Yes. So it, it seems to me that 
you thought that there was something that was not happening there or that you had some particular gifts to bring to the table, uh, maybe that he wasn't bringing. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about what really drove you to make this decision to run for mayor right now. Well, you know, it's really interesting you ask that question because I was at the Metro Health Department and I have recently rekindled a relationship with Dr. Celia Larson. Mm -hmm. And we first met at uh, Matthew Walker and Meharry Mm -hmm. uh, working on a REACH 2010 project, which was we worked in 2003. And that was racial and ethnic approaches to community health. Mm -hmm. I served as chair of its community advisory board, and she was there as a professor from Vanderbilt and uh, just amazing woman. And we had to introduce ourselves, and I talked about us meeting her there, a meeting there, and she said, well, let me tell you my story. Mm. And she said that we were there at REACH 2010. She said, but... Sharon, when you talked about the disparities and you continue to advocate for disparities, it inspired me to move from the corporate uh, arena and come and work in the community to make a difference because I truly saw it and I was blinded by it before then. Sure. So I think that what I'm doing now uh, has been associated. I never looked at it as the disparities, even though I look at the disparity studies that we've had since 2000 mm-hmm. and all of those things, but looking at the disproportions of people and communities that have been forgotten and have been neglected, and I think there has to be a real intention and deliberate effort in order to make things better for all. So it's so it seems like, I mean, in Nashville, in let's say over the past 10 to 15 years, there's been a lot of focus on sort of economic development on a lot of, let's just say the have, the Mm -hmm. folks that have in our community and they've done pretty well in our community. Um, Is your sense that the folks at the other end of the spectrum, the have nots uh, or never wills Mm -hmm. are, are um, that, that we just have not given enough attention to that segment of the population? Absolutely. That's that's exactly it. We've not given enough attention. And I don't think people have actually been there to know. Butch Bearden mm-hmm. uh, said that he had a rude awakening when the uh, tornado mm-hmm. in 2020 came. Right. He came over to Bordeaux, mm-hmm. I mean, over to Buchanan. Right. And I think his daughter had uh, a business over on Buchanan. Mm -hmm. And when he got over there and he saw the devastation and saw the people who had nowhere to go, had no money, nothing that um, his daughter, nothing like what his daughter had. Sure. um, He realized at that point that he needed to do something then. 2020. He's Mm. retiring. Right. And it's 2023. Mm-hmm. So just think if he had been doing as much as he could for the past 30 years. Right. Exactly. Brian? Butch brings up a good question because because his retirement, I've always found his retirement interestingly timed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems like he announced his retirement uh, almost immediately uh, preceding 
the state legislature deciding they wanted to take over. Um, well, actually take over all of Nashville. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things we just have to address is like the next mayor of Nashville is going to basically run a city state. Mm-hmm. You know, this has become now and and some of these things will get implemented. Some may die uh, legislatively or in the judicial. But some of it's going to stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, now there's uh, a new legislative initiative to move the bars on Broadway out of the city of Nashville, basically into their own you know, mm-hmm. basically their own area governed by the state. Um, what do we do? Like what, you know, what can the city of Nashville, both as a council person, a councilwoman at large, and as mayor, what are the things, what are the real concrete steps we can take um, to protect our, you know, our right to have some sort of a local voice? First of all, I, I really believe things like this are really about relationships. I think what we're doing right now, we have to sit down and talk about it. Uh, I didn't know that Celia started doing her work because she was inspired by me and the advocacy work that I was doing. So perhaps if I sat and talked to some individuals and opened their eyes, gave them another, gave them a tour, showed them how they could make things better. Because I think we all want things better, that we're more alike than we are different. We all want a quality of life, and all boats rise, right? When everybody is doing better, everybody do better. So I think that we have to make sure that we do those things. I think, first of all, we also have to focus on those small businesses because they are the bedrock in terms of employment and hiring people. The people have to understand that um, um, poverty anywhere is a threat to prosperity everywhere. So us doing that, we've, we want to keep our people. We want to make sure that we have good individuals here. I want to make sure that people that come here, whether they are those who come as we did for school or those who lived here all of their lives or those who come and visit, want to be able to fulfill their dreams and be successful. So we need to give them the tools in order to be so weird named the friendliest for a reason. So we got to restore that real culture of what Nashville is about. And I think that if we share that with some of those state legislatures, the reason why they wanted to be here on Capitol Hill, the reasons why they love Nashville, you know, remind them of those things. That, I think, is a good start. They know that the economic engine of the state of Tennessee is here. And and we just have to remind them. Um, Can I give you one story? Oh, please. please. So um, there was a program, the Neighborhood Stabilization Program, Mm -hmm. that uh, came available with uh, Carl Dean. And um, well, Mayor called in, and and it was first twelve million dollars that came here, and then thirty million dollars that came, and there was a study done, and it was going to affect well, the grant and the proposal, the federal government said there are seventeen census tracts that need attention in Nashville, nine of them are in North Nashville. Right. Mm-hmm. At one point, 
none of that money was coming to North Nashville <laughs> through a North Nashville organization. So I went to the mayor and I said, do you think this is right? Similarly to Diane Nash going to mm-hmm. our mayor, uh, asking if it was right that they did not allow um, more mm-hmm. equity. Um, so I said to the mayor, I said, do you think that's right? That they're going to come and have free money? I said, that's just like your neighbors have free paint, and they just decide that they're going to paint your house yeah. orange. Yeah, <laughs> It's a new, fresh paint. You don't have to pay for anything, and you don't even have to paint it yourself. Right. Is that something that you would like? <laughs> I, I wouldn't make a comment about the fact you picked orange. Right. Yeah. But it's, a, yeah, it's Tennessee. Well, I got to be, it's NCAA right. is going it's on a, right so now. So, you know, he, he graduated from Vanderbilt Law School. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, that he did not. Uh, and, and, and when I gave it to him in that way, it, it gave him a different perspective. Absolutely. So, I think with those legislators, perhaps giving them a different perspective, showing them how this can be beneficial to all. And I say that because I'm a Rotarian, Mm -hmm. and I have been for 16, 17 years, and we have a four-way test. They ask first, is it the truth? Second, is it fair to all concerned? Third, will it be a goodwill and benefit to all concerned? Mm -hmm. And will it be fair to all concerned? And I think... um, we have to make sure we share those things uh, because many of them are Rotarians. I'm also an exchangeite. And exchange says that we have a divine responsibility. Perhaps if we remind them of those things, I think a lot of things can take place when we just communicate understanding and being understood. Absolutely. I give you that. You have a much kinder heart towards them than I do, but I, I agree with the idea. Well, well <laughs> you know, don't think that I, I, I don't realize that we are under attack. Right. Don't think that I am not upset about what it is that they're doing. And I agree that it is a takeover. But I, I don't think that all the time being angry and presenting anger is going to be the answer to what we do, but perhaps what we have to do, be firm, convicted, and strong in our um, message, mm-hmm. and fight for it right. in every way that we can have some strategic plans that it's going to take in order to get it to do the same things that they are doing. Right. We have conversations often about the fact that companies that are moving to Nashville. Mm-hmm. I heard uh, Cameron Sexton had made a comment recently that the uh, woke ideology of Nashville, mm-hmm. you know, like, we could do a whole episode on just the fact that they keep using the term woke. But he had this comment that he wanted to make sure that Nashville's woke ideology wasn't stopping businesses from coming to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, it's been my experience as a person that's lived in other states, and, and as you have. Um, actually, turns out that major corporations that do business throughout the country and the world, um, they support and believe in equity and inclusion and diversity, right? Absolutely. Um, so is there some responsibility that could be um, 
brought to the feet of Amazon or to Ford, you know, coming to our state or to to Nissan or Bridgestone or, you know, some of the large anchor corporations that do business here. Oracle is their building. Mm -hmm. You know, do they have some responsibility to speak up? They're certainly taking our money. Mm, Absolutely. Right. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. And let me just go back to that other question. Understand that the division is not our destiny. Hmm. Okay. Just because there may be some, that's not our destiny. I see it as an opportunity for us to work together, closer together, to have a voice and stand for that voice. Uh, Yes, they do have some responsibility. I think that we all have to recognize that Nashville is the most diverse city in the state of Tennessee. Right. And therefore, we have to, you know, you talk about business. There was this book called Who Moved My Cheese. Right. I remember that. Real simple. Mm-hmm. Maybe your cheese has been moved and you have to move along with it in order to be able to continue to have your cheese. And that's cheese in terms of food, cheese in terms of money, right? survival, whatever you describe the cheese to be. Sometimes you have to make an adjustment. Absolutely. So in the midst of all of this sort of takeover, it looks as of this minute that we're going to have a smaller metro council. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I know that's being challenged in the courts, and we'll see what happens with that. Just to be on the record, we have been advocates of feeling like the Metro Council was probably larger than it needed to be, um, but we were not supportive of <laughs> the state takeover over of that. Well, it's uh, like I say, my, the I have a, yeah, I have a tree in my house that needs to be trimmed, too, but I just soon I did it. Yeah. Right. Right, yeah. It's, uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, they might and just so, come cut it down, and exactly. that's what it feels like right now. It feels exactly. like they just but, came uh, next door with a and, chainsaw. And I think it's uh, hypocritical for you to stand so strong against the federal government mm-hmm. coming in telling <laughs> you what you cannot uh, – can do right and now you are doing the exact same thing to this city government and what are you saying to the people Mm -hmm. because the people of nashville are also the people of tennessee right and so the people have voted yeah yeah 2015 right so it's not too long ago that they looked it was actually our last term right they voted right and i think that you have to respect their vote yeah. The Constitution says that we the people and we serve expressly mm-hmm. for the people. Or do you think there are things we can do? Let's assume that it gets moved down to a 20-person council. Mm-hmm. And I know the big concern has been with uh, diversity on the council. Are there, Do you think there are things that we could structurally do as we – form this new council or whatever we, we want to do. I mean, all the legislation says is can't be more than 20 people, right. but we could go into the charter and say, okay, this is how we're going to ensure certain things. Do you mm-hmm. think we need to do that or what would you Could do? we, we have could... 20 council people and then an additional 20 or 
unlimited number of neighborhood representatives that are part of those council Without members. Without voice and vote, but right, they with, have they're right. kind of an advisory board. I mean, is there a way? <laughs> Look, I mean, we we have we have uh, um, neighborhood associations now, right? That are are very uh, useful and uh, participatory, and I think it's necessary. It will be smart for any district council member or all district council members to have neighborhood associations and those ambassadors to help them uh, mitigate problems and issues within their districts. Uh, But as uh, Pastor Jay said, that they would not have any um, legal or official authority, they would be advisory. Um, But in terms of that, yes, I do think we probably could structure it in that way. But I think that we have to be fair. Right. In spite of what's happening and what the state is doing. Mm -hmm. And and I actually have asked for um, an amendment to some legislation that we have 16 districts and have four council at large to ensure that their coverage at all four quadrants gotcha. of our county. Yeah. Yep. And I think that the division can easily be distributed when you have even numbers. Mm-hmm. And I think that will also give you more diversity in those different areas for those council sure. at large positions. Absolutely. And, and, and they possibly could. I mean... Who knows? They could have four council members at large from a certain population of people mm-hmm. and then have those within those 16 districts. And they may end up with more participation from our diverse community than what they anticipated. Now, one of, And I think yeah, also we need to do things looking into our future right. and not into where we are right now. Okay. And we know that with every new census, we find that there's more minorities becoming sure. majorities. Exactly. Exactly. So one of the ongoing issues, and again, in this relationship between council and mayor, the, the way the charter set up things, the, the mayor's office has a lot of authority, has most of the power right. for one of it. And I know that it seemed like, at least from observing from the side, that there's kind of been sometimes a little struggle between the the council's role and the mayor's role and mm-hmm. how that works. Um, how do you see that working out for you in terms of your own? I mean, you've obviously come from the council side, um, but do you think that this also can provide a little bit more balance in the power dynamic between the two? I absolutely do. I am a person of balance. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, That's been one of the biggest concerns that I've had is that there's not been communications with the council. You know, one person cannot know it all and cannot do it all. And there are some amazingly gifted council members that can help, really. And I think we need different perspectives to come up with the best ideas and the best plans and the best way of doing things. And perhaps that's the reason why things have not worked as we wanted them to, because we were trying to get in and do what it is that 
we wanted to do as opposed to what everyone mm-hmm. wanted to do. So we found that opposition. So I think different. See, as I said, I'm from Memphis, but I've lived in Nashville for almost I mean, for 45 years mm-hmm. almost. I uh, graduated from Tennessee State. I also graduated from Belmont. I lived in Madison. I lived in Bordeaux. And I live in Belmont. Mm-hmm. So I see the balance. I see how rich it is. And we all know that we're better together. And right. what Nashville and state of Tennessee has to be is united. We've got to have a united front because while we are focusing on uh, internal uh, challenges, mm-hmm. other cities are moving, grooving, and doing the kinds of things that we should be doing, uh, should have done prior to now as a major city. It is interesting that in all of this time, we've only had one minority to be mayor. Right, right. And we're far, far behind. Exactly. It's time for us to start to catch up and we got to do it together so i think us having not only relationships with uh council but we're going to nurture relationships with our surrounding counties and even with those that are farther away like memphis and chattanooga and knoxville because i think it's necessary for the state of tennessee to be in solidarity um so i'm going to throw out uh, you know Obviously, everybody's starting to roll out their policies and and their uh, what they're thinking about. But uh, we'll just throw out a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So, stadium in the East Bank. I think that the stadium and the East Bank are exactly the kinds of things that make cities thrive. Mm-hmm. What happens is that when the monies, the benefits those great things that are uh, coming from such developments are not reaching every block, every community, every person, then they're not as great as they could be. Okay. And I think that they have an opportunity to generate more so they can reach those other areas job creation, housing, um, contracts. It really can be. It it provides revenue that can help with infrastructure, Mm -hmm. help with our educational systems. All of those things are necessary for a city to thrive and not do it on the backs of its people. And because the city has become so expensive and there's not been incentives and other things to make sure that we don't forget anyone then we're going to have resistance to this and it doesn't help that the titans really didn't win like (laughs) yeah well yeah well there is that yeah but i do believe that we have to i mean the east bank i've often thought that the that it was prime property with those industrial areas there that could have really been more uh, generating. I think that the land that Metro has 
could be put into a lot better use. A lot of the vacant buildings, vacant warehouses could easily turn into housing for all people. Right. You know, and and those are the ways that you make sure that people don't vote with their feet by leaving everywhere. Right. That you make sure that everyone feels that they can have their dreams come true in Nashville. That's how you can plan and have a great educational system. Sure. Because everyone is cared for. Right. I think part of the issue with the stadium for a lot of folks, and again, I've I've in my work I grew up in Nashville but when I in my work I served out in Bellevue I've served in Antioch I was in Old Hickory now I'm out here in Madison and I think for folks that are both north I can't even talk today south and north of Riley Parkway it feels like all of the energy has been spent in those areas and and it doesn't feel like it trickles out here. And it's not to say that there aren't things going on, but um, sort of the perception of folks, not equitably. And so how do we, how do we help folks understand that? Okay. Yeah, this is a, I, I think folks are just like, why are we doing this again? It's downtown. It's all of that. It doesn't really affect me directly. How do we help them understand the importance of it or the value of it for the, for the city? I don't know if we help those people understand because they just may not look and see it. So that's why it's important for us to put people in those positions who already understand. Gotcha. So you don't have to, you know, uh, use time, effort, quality time, effort, and dollars to make others understand because you got a 50-50 chance on whether they will or not. Gotcha. So if you put someone there who understands and will make it a priority gotcha. to get it done, I think we have better odds in accomplishing and, that. And you would be supportive of, of a community benefits agreement with the Titans and all that? Oh, we have to have some type of community benefits agreement. The only problem is, is that the state is now saying that they want to remove community benefits mm-hmm. agreements. And I just think that that is just so unfair. I actually happen to have a colleague in Los Angeles that I've been working with and from the National League of Cities who's done community benefits agreement for their new uh, stadiums that they've built down out there, and it's been great. And I think if we include all you know, I, I I like to talk about basketball when it comes to things like sure. this because I'm a sports person. <laughs> and if I could just quickly tell you my idea, and I told this to to the mayor and, and the people at Oracle. So I love Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls. I actually had to be converted because I was more Duke instead of North Carolina. But <laughs> yes, okay. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, I love uh, them. Michael Jordan converted me that game he was sick but you saw him Mm -hmm. with those chicago bulls and he was going to get his 50 60 points no matter what gotcha do you have a prediction for the final four by the way (laughs) Uh uh-oh yeah, you gotta. Add, you can't ask somebody running for mayor yeah that's i I mean actually we're we're fairly safe yeah you'd be okay who's who do you want to see as the champion Of course, I want to see Tennessee as the champion. Oh, of course. Good answer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Who do you think is going to win? 
I think it's probably going to be Houston or Alabama. Interesting. All right. Okay. It's going to well, be good. Fun. I mean, this has been a bracket buster already. So there's yeah, absolutely. I, there was on the news yesterday. They said out of like the NCAA said out of fifteen thousand yeah. brackets Purdue, or something they had, Purdue there were six hundred right. left. Right. Right. That were actually still at 100%. Exactly. 600 brackets in the United States. Exactly. So easier, than win, easier to win the lottery. Right. So, anyways, Whew. we yeah. knew Michael Jordan was going to get 50, 60 points. Right. Yeah. He got all of those points, but he never won a championship. Right. Mm-hmm. Until he got Scottie Pippen in the game. Mm-hmm. And I tell people, Scottie Pippen is North Nashville. He got Dennis Rodman in the game. Dennis mm-hmm. Rodman is... East Nashville. Right. <laughs> that, I, we that makes sense. Steve okay. Kerr. Yeah. West Nashville. Okay. Mm-hmm. Tony Kukow. <laughs> okay. Okay. Antioch. All right. Even though we know that Antioch now is the new North Nashville, so mm-hmm. I, we have to change him out with Horace Grant. Yeah, that might work. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's that six man. Yeah, you gotta have a six and man. And when you got them all in the game, you not only become the championship team, mm-hmm. but you do it six times over. Yeah, that's what Nashville has to do. That's bringing all of the diversity together, making sure that it works, making sure that they have the tools that they need in order to do it, regardless. And and but downtown is not going to suffer because mm-hmm. the others come up. Right. In fact, they all will rise. I can tell you on Jefferson Street, mm-hmm. everybody could not wait for Popeyes to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And Popeyes came and you know who was so happy about it? Who? Captain D's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? You know why? That's right. Because everybody was on a 30-minute or hour lunch, and the line was so long, when they could not get Popeyes, they went over to Captain D's and bought their lunch. Absolutely. So they all benefited. Sure. And we have to realize that. Um, Affordable housing, an issue here in the city. How do we address it? So, again, I'm all about equitable opportunities and keeping it simple. I think we have to have some attainable housing because affordable housing is right not affordable from what it is that we see i think we have to be intentional as i said before we can you know take some of those warehouses and vacant lots and empty um hotels and buildings that we see all over and convert them into housing Mm -hmm. we take the empty schools and convert them into some loss for the teachers give them incentives we bring people make sure that we have good educators from our schools belmont is becoming an educators Mm -hmm. educator right you know um and they have people that want to live here but they can't afford to do so so if we were able to give them some incentives and have housing they stay you know have like an incubation center for businesses do it for our educators. Do it for our workforce um, of, of firemen, police, and mm-hmm. other people, and let them do that. And at the same time, they can save money. 
and we work with the housing fund, give them uh, down payments for them to become homeowners. Because once you become a homeowner, you know, that's the first step in becoming wealthy. I think we just have to be intentional about ensuring that I love what MDHA is doing uh, because they are building these these um, facilities, homes and, and properties where they've got 50 percent of true affordable housing, 25 percent workforce and 25 percent market rate. Yeah. And I think and, and I also like. Denver. I went out there, looked at their housing and their transportation, and I love both of those plans that they're doing. But those are things that I think that we can do to address it again, making it priority and doing something specific to make sure that we keep people here and not have them leaving. Sure. Sure. Yep. I like okay. the incentivization. Incentivizing developers to actually do something would be fascinating. Oh, I mean, we have we we've often gone on on the podcast about the fact that Nashville doesn't really have a plan. Mm-hmm. Right? There's no Nashville plan. There's no master plan for Nashville. There's not even a proposed mm-hmm. na- master plan for Nashville. Mm-hmm. And and we've talked to downtown uh, council people about the fact that there's no downtown plan. You mm-hmm. know, and it's like there's you, you take Nashville is best defined, mm-hmm. in my opinion, by Fourth Avenue. Mm-hmm. Which is one way, it's two way, one way, right. one way, two right. ways, one way sometimes, right? Right, and then two way, and then one way again, all the way to the interstate, mm-hmm. and then it becomes a different street. Mm-hmm. Like that's Nashville, right? right? That's the Nashville plan. Is that there's just no plan. Um, so I think it goes back to the people. We the people. What is it that we want? I heard recently that. Dr. Martin Luther King didn't have a dream, did not have a plan. Mm -hmm. He said, I have a dream. Mm -hmm. When we have a dream and we come together with that dream, then we can work the plan. And everyone will buy into that plan because it is a dream that we all have. And all of our efforts are going to be put towards doing that. Now, I know it's not just as simple as that, but it is a basis. It's a foundation. And if we look and deal with things fundamentally, I think it unfolds just naturally and organically in that way. Because that means that if we got a target, a end, we know what it is that we want, then we can plan to get there. I think think one of... uh, Thinking about that, that's one of the reasons that the whole state relationship thing feels so fraught. It's because I think for a lot of folks in Nashville, we thought we had a dream. We right. thought we had a vision of who we were and an identity. And this, and you can argue about the specifics of the planning, and there are times when we don't <laughs> plan as well as we should. But at least we had this kind of vision of who we are. And basically what it feels like is folks are coming in and saying, no, you can't have that vision. Mm-hmm. And um, – which is then leading, I, I'm hearing more and more folks talking about wanting to leave the city, feeling mm-hmm. like they can't stay here. Um, I know one, I of, one of the step other. further, I was going to say, we know people personally that more than one or two families that are leaving the city right. because of the state. Right. Um, I mean, that's happening now. That is a regular conversation mm-hmm. now. Yeah. Well, you know, um, TSU taught mean that proper planning prevents poor performance (laughs) by fees, right? And perhaps we did not properly plan. And I think, and you talk about the relationships with the council. Mm -hmm. So we think that all of this thing that is going on with the state is a result of 
the Republican National Convention not coming here. But this is a lot that has happened just over that short period of time when that so I don't think that it's necessarily I think that there's been some ideas and some planning and some thoughts behind this long before the decision was made I think that instead of us having weapons of mass destruction we got weapons of mass distraction and I think this is something that they've been wanting to do because you can see the similarities of other states doing the same thing right and 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 because of that, we're going to have to rise up together as a people and address it and show them how we do this together. Right. Because otherwise, it is going to be literally a fight. Okay. Brian, I know Beautiful. you had one last I got, question. I think I we're have, out of time. I have a wrap-up question that I think we'll probably ask everyone, but I think that— um, I think it's. I, I, I'm excited that we get to ask you first, and I'm so glad you came to hang out with Thank us. Thank you. Is I'm so, so fantastic. glad to be here. This is great. The and and we're Belmont alum, so we can you know. <laughs> uh, didn't make the dance this year. Maybe next year, at least for the first game. Okay. Um, so I always want to know what is one thing in Nashville that that breaks your heart, and then what is one thing in Nashville that brings you joy. What breaks my heart is our educational system. Mm what it is that is happening with our children. Um, I, I, I know that in our formative years, children learn to read. Thereafter, they read to learn. Mm-hmm. If we fail them by not teaching them how to read, then they're not going to read to learn and therefore there is this pipeline to prison that exists and I would really love to see a pipeline to prosperity and I think it starts with the education and I think that there has been generations where there's been a lack of education so we are filling those things and the result of that. What brings me joy is ironic that when we have our most tragic, catastrophic times, that's when I see the real Nashville come together. That's when we are at our best. That's why I'm not as concerned about what's going on with the state Because when things like that happen, that's when we come together and we see the best of us come up because the best of us got to help the rest of us. And we do it at that time. It is a natural thing. That's what I loved about Nashville is that we can be our very best together. And when we get to those hard times, that's when we rise higher kind of like a golf ball no matter how many dents the more dense that it gets Mm -hmm. the higher (laughs) it bounces and the farther it goes so to me that's what i love that's what i want to do is restore that hope and that prosperity and fulfill nashville's dream for every person every community every block every family I want them to know that they can not only survive, but they can thrive in Nashville. 
With that, thank you so much for being here, and we uh, we wish you the best in this candidacy. We we have probably four more hours of questions we could ask, oh, but yeah. and uh, I probably have four more hours of answers that I could give. Yeah. You, are, you know, with that last question, you really got me, yeah. you know, going and 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 really because I really do believe, I believe in Nashville. And I believe that we can be that. I believe that we were meant to be that. It's something different. And I'm going to just give you this one last thing. In the, in Memphis, we learned to use our bodies from the neck down. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. in Nashville, we learned to use our bodies from the neck up. Memphis is a blue-collar city. Nashville is a is the Athens of the South. It's an educational place. You learn to be intellectual. You learn to negotiate at the tables. The way we handled the civil rights movement, it was people coming to the table, mm-hmm. folks united together. When it came to the the removal of the of the introduction of the interstate right. on Jefferson Street, people came together and talked about it. We didn't win it. Mm-hmm. But you saw people from across the aisles working together for the good. That's the Nashville that I know, the Nashville that I love, and the Nashville that I want to maintain well, we and look, preserve. Well, we look forward to, to seeing you uh, in the days and weeks ahead. and. Uh, and months, and it get really and, long. And, and years, and years. Oh man, it's going to be a wild for ride. coming out Thank here to Madison, so and we'll talk to you soon. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be back home. Yeah. Yay! Thank you, Councilwoman. <laughs> so that was a great interview. Wow, that was fantastic. I mean, I'm, you know, I love meeting these people and like i said before it's like i love meeting people that are this animated and passionate sure as we are about nashville and and the possibilities so um certainly we're, we will when i post this thing on facebook uh, i'm currently on a twitter ban right now i might be back in about four days yeah I understand. Uh, but I'll post, I'll post it on facebook and we'll have links to um the councilwoman's uh, well to her mayoral campaign sites and right and links and websites, et cetera, so that you can investigate and make decisions um, what you want to do in the election. But uh, but it sure was a great conversation. I it was. was. Glad to be in a room uh, with Councilwoman Hurt. Absolutely. And uh, we're, we're uh, like we said, we're hoping to have uh, all the council, all the 544 council. Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, mayor, mayoral mayor, candidates. Mayoral yeah. Candidates. No, we couldn't even begin to get the council candidates. No, no, no. I guess there's only going to be 10 now. Yeah, I guess. Get a little easier next year. I don't know. It will be a little easier to work through it. But oh, uh, Lord. so uh, been any place good to eat? You know, well, you know, there's there's a handful of things. Well, first of all, before we get to that, because I have been, I, you know, we went to Maggiano's for my anniversary. Okay, yeah. It was easy to get in. We were like, it was one of those, my wife has celiac. I just was had a hankering for Italian, and they do an excellent gluten-free pasta. Oh, well, that's cool. So we went. It was, it was great. It was like, it was really good. The good. food was great. I love going there. I hadn't been in years and years and years. Sure. But uh, we went back to Maggiano's on West End Avenue and had a great meal. Cool. So you were going to say something else before we talked well, about Well, there's food. just so many things that have happened since our last episode. <laughs> well, we probably <laughs> like, should talk We don't about have it. time to talk about all of them because of the interviews. But um, my favorite, I think, is, is Randy McNally. Oh, that's just... I mean... Yeah. This is epic stuff. This is epic stuff. Um, 
you know, for those of you that don't know, our um, I guess he's like the speak. What do you not? What do you call him? The he's a lieutenant the, governor. Yeah, he's a lieutenant governor, which makes him like the head of the senate or something. Something like that. Like that. So whatever his deal is, but he has been repeatedly, consistently, and enthusiastically commenting on a. Um, a, a very attractive young gay man's Instagram about how handsome he looks, often when the man is naked. Um, yes. and has been or close to naked. Or close to, I mean, it's close to naked. He's naked but blurred out, mm-hmm. right? So they're as, as naked as you can be on Instagram, right? Yeah. And he's made, <laughs> made real flirtatious comments, yes. uh, you would have to say, to this young gentleman. And, you know, now in, in sort of classic modern uh, GOP uh, parlance it is he was just being supportive of all of his constituents that was his first one now he's taking a break from social media Um, but the one thing that's not happening is he's not going to step down from his leadership position he's so so here's the question he's just not going to do anything so the question i've got about that it's not on lieutenant governor you may know this i don't know this um is he not elected as lieutenant governor, or is he elected to like a, a Senate seat and then serves as? A, so I guess what I'm asking is, it's not like the Speaker of the House, where the Speaker of the House can just um, stop being Speaker of the House. But no, he can be. He's elected. I'm just looking at it real quick because okay. I want to make sure that I'm right. But the State Assembly elected McNally lieutenant governor. Okay, gotcha. So that means he can be. He can step down at any time. Well, cool. Now, there had been a group, oddly enough, that was asking for him to be uh, removed, et cetera, and all right. that kind of stuff. And it turns out it's because they have someone super, like, uh, Farther super, right super, way, way, way yeah. out yonder gotcha. um, that they wanted in that position instead. Sure. Uh, so, but the fact of the matter is nothing is going to happen. Probably not. Uh, but it, it does, uh, unfortunately, continue my theory that all groomers are— uh, just generally old white heterosexual men that are in positions of power. It and, does. Uh, uh, that's why so many of them are uh, pastors. Yeah, yeah. You know, I hate to say it. <laughs> it's. Uh, I mean, it's gross, yeah, but it's true. true. It's and true. It's, they uh, have you gotten your bill? Ugh. Have you gotten your Bill Lee as a drag shirt yet? Have the uh, I haven't. Uh, although uh, the I mean, this is the, the marketing opportunities are just endless. Well, uh, and and I share that because my friends over at Launchpad, which yeah. Uh, does homeless outreach work with particularly uh, kids 18 to 24, but with a particular bent towards LGBTQ kids. And they're the ones that are getting the financial benefit off that shirt. Oh, good. Well, then, so everybody should get. So it's, we'll put that in the link. We'll link it in the, on the page. Then, Billy so. is a drag.com. Billy is a drag.com. There's also governorbilly.com, which somebody hacked. Somebody hacked. Yeah. He didn't, it's a thing he didn't of renew his, uh, no. His, uh, yeah. no, or he never had that one. It, you know, his is probably Gov Bill Lee or Bill Lee for governor or something yeah, like that. They're something just, like um, it's, yeah, there's a lot to talk about there. But then you got Andy Ogles. Turns out Andy Ogles is the George is, Santos of Tennessee. He's the George Santos of Tennessee. So it turns out all the gerrymandered um, Republicans that got in on gerrymandering, not because of the population surrounding them or anything. Right. It seems to be a recurring theme. Right. I mean, you got John Rose, who represents Tennessee District 6, right. who was gerrymandered into a huge district right. now from a little teeny tiny one. Right. Um, he married, you know, he met his 
wife at wife church or something. Well, no, know. she was. It was. Um, I think it was FF Future Farmers, oh, and gotcha. he was like on the board, and she was a teenager, right? That yeah. was showing, and she was underage. Yeah, okay. when they met, and then later married. He did wait till she was eighteen to marry her. Oh, well, that's but good. started dating her as a teenager. Gotcha. And we have Andy Ogles who raised uh, money for stillborn children. Um, and because he had suffered that or SIDS, and I don't, Look, it was one it of was, the two. It was the burial garden thing. And right? they were going to do a burial garden thing, and there is grand, there right? is no burial garden, and the money's missing. Right. Um, you know, they're just they're just doing a great job out there. They really are. And I don't even know who the other one is. No, I don't know the name of the other representative. Yeah, I of don't, seven. Uh, yeah, okay. don't know. I, I can no, look it up. I, I mean, I have a computer. I could me. look it up, but, but honestly, it's, it's just so know. meaningless. I don't care. What it, what does matter to me is that Ogles will get primaried out because of his bad behavior or better yet he won't he probably won't um but it sure would be nice to think i mean that was he just won but it was a 55 percenter in a state where most of the people were so discouraged they didn't vote right in nashville because nashville no longer for those people that are not familiar with the details nashville as of this week just starting with this past week's state legislative moves, the city of Nashville no longer has local representation, we no longer have state representation, and we no longer have federal representation. Pretty much, yeah. And that's, so uh, that yeah. was an interesting thing to talk to the councilwoman today about. I, and, like, you know, what do we do? I did see that the um, proposal to lose the runoff has been tabled. So that's, uh, that's a good thing. Yeah. We need to talk about that longer some other time. Yeah, we right? need to bring it up. and uh, But... So. Uh, you know, it's been, it's really funny because like things in Nashville have been going so well. Yep. They have. They have. And then the state. Yeah. Well, right. I mean, everything else in the city has been going really well. I mean, yeah. we're actually getting to a place where the stadium was in the East Bank kind of had a sane, yeah. you know, idea it was going to ha- it's, uh, it was going to happen. happen. It's exactly. always going to happen. Right. Um, we just need to sell t-shirts that say it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but I, I think the councilwoman had a good uh, approach to that. She was talking about the fact that what well, you have to get a seat at the table, right? You have to have community, you have to have relationships with these people, and make sure that your your side of the story is being heard and mm-hmm. sit down with them. So uh, she has every reason to be fiery about it, which she also is. But um, but she did say she wanted, you know, let's get down and sit down and look at people across the table and have a conversation exactly. instead of just stomping our feet. So. Sure. Well, I think that pretty much wraps it up for today, yeah. right? Yeah, so, we don't uh, have a lot to do. Did you eat anywhere cool this week? No, I didn't. Um, uh, well, and I've already mentioned pinky ring. I don't need to do that. I did have some pinky ring pizza. That was good. I haven't but, had this yet. Oh, it's really good. We, maybe we need to go get some. Yeah, we're getting a new Taco Bell's opening, I guess, Ooh, this yeah. coming week in, in, in Old Hickory. Old Hickory, We yes. do have one of the things I'm going to keep talking about in the city of Old Hickory is dose. Dose, yeah. The Dose Coffee Shop that opened in Old Hickory Village is quite good. I still have yet to go. Yeah, well, I went this past week. It's got great internet. It's got great people. They were they they finally have got a a business that I think can thrive in good. our little neighborhood over there. Good. And 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 most importantly, when I went, it was quite busy. Good. Uh, well, since we're talking about Old Hickory restaurants, I yeah. also saw that the number one Chinese has closed down. They have decided to retire. I think that they're making an excellent choice. I think I contributed are. to their retirement many, many years ago. Oh, I did. I mean, I, I've eaten there quite a bit. I liked them. I knew, I knew them when they were in Antioch. 
Really? Yeah. They, uh, they were great people. They were sweet people. Well, that whole strip right there needs to be torn down, and Absolutely. something needs to be built there. So Absolutely. hopefully that'll be a step in the right but direction. But then where would we go if we don't have the pig? Well, yeah. But you know, I will say this. I do go to the pig for meat. I do. Pig and has best it's meat. It's quite good. Best um, beef in town. You just, yeah, you just have to check other things. But okay, well. I don't know, but I really haven't. I haven't had anything super yeah. great. Um, but I will uh, We'll tack some things on. I did go to the opening season soccer game. And it was good? It was spectacular. We actually won. Oh, well, that's good. Right? And so Nashville's off to a good start this year anyway. So uh, that was awesome. Uh, once again, a guest of Rio Grande Fence, which is the official fencing company of the BNA podcast. Can we get them to make a sponsorship so we can buy a couple more microphones? I, you know, I'll talk to them about that. They, he, he loves the podcast, and I'm, I'm so glad. Yeah, to, we, uh, we, he's we, very generous. I, I, there is the fact that he does or has um, paid for me to go to some soccer games. Well, uh, that, so, that, you know. Yeah, but you've not taken me. You've not called me and said, hey. Hey. Hey, if that—I mean, it's the official. I'm gonna have to have a podcast. conversation Let, with him about. Yeah, yeah he's, official, he's just not generous enough. Official yeah. fence company of Brian Rawlings. <laughs> of half of the BNA podcast, the B in BNA. But if he'd want to throw in a gram <laughs> so we could get a couple more mics and stuff like that, that'd be great. Yeah, this is so. excellent. And anybody else that's interested in supporting the BNA podcast, uh, you know, you can find us. You can on the social media. We will respond, and uh, well, we will make the way. Wide and simple. Oh, I should say, though, that if you used to follow me on Instagram, yeah. um, I didn't tell you about my Facebook hack, did I? Somebody hacked my Facebook, oh. got taken down. They tried to spend $20,000 in advertising. They did a bunch of stuff. So I finally was able to, after a lot of wailing and gnashing of teeth, got my Facebook account up back. I can't advertise now, wow. but, yeah. but that's fine. Uh, but it completely wiped out my Instagram. Wow gone uh, and so uh, so I have a new Instagram account and I can't remember what it's called yeah I think it's called Pastor JV but I can't remember could be I, you um, know it's funny I haven't been on the Instagram yeah, so, I'll have to go on so, uh, so if you People did follow me it. on Instagram I uh, you know I did I'm not I, my old one was g- wiped out I'll say a couple of oh, things that, uh, which so we'll, would, we can post that on the on the BNA page the, too, the so. other thing that I would say for folks that are on Facebook Two-factor authentication. Do two it today. Factor. <laughs> yeah, I got that. Yeah, okay. I have the two-factor. Um, and then let's see. Oh, my grandson turned 19 yesterday. Oh, that's cool. Mike. Antonio, who Antonio. was living at the house. He's back in Michigan now, so he turned 19 yesterday. My uh, His great-grandmother on his mom's side passed away yesterday on mm-hmm. his birthday um, after an illness. Um, so it was very uh, – it was one of those uh, weird, you know – Family mm-hmm. days, but happy birthday to Antonio, and, who and, does occasionally listen because um, otherwise, you know, I give him a hard time. And my stepchild still turned 32 yesterday. Wow. And then my elder daughter, yes. other, other daughter, um, who's turns 27. I know that's confusing. My original, Grace. Grace, Grace. the high-priced uh, Hollywood agent. The Hollywood agent. She turns 28 on Monday. Monday. Happy birthday, Grace. Yeah, Absolutely. Well, I guess we ought to go. Have a great week. Thank you for being here. We will have more next time to be in a podcast.